Mother Earth is psychedelic. Her body is covered with psychoactive, sacred medicine. Can psychedelics help us become more conscious and loving parents, partners, lovers, and leaders? Welcome to the Psychedelic Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Michaela Carlin, the Psychedelic Mom, a mother and entrepreneur partnering with Mother Earth's sacred plant medicines to heal, awaken, and learn to live in alignment to my truth. Psychedelic literally means soul revealing. What reveals the soul to oneself is psychedelic. I invite you to join me in deep conversations with leaders, healers, seekers, and other parents. I will share my journey, the wisdom, practices, medicines, and mistakes that have changed my life, and personal stories of others on this wild path. We are the medicine needed to birth the more beautiful world we know is possible. Welcome to today's episode of the Psychedelic Mom Podcast. I am so thrilled to be here today with Gemma. She walks a sacred shamanic path as a medicine woman, healer, and ceremonialist, offering deep transformational work globally. Initiated into the sacred ancestral medicine by her maestro in the Andes and adopted into their lineage in 2012, you work deeply with the medicine of cacao as well as the medicine of wachuma and ayahuasca. And I know you've been on this path for a while. I was just saying that I think I first came across you years ago when you had a raw juice business going. And I've always followed your cacao ceremonies. I know that you teach and you run training ceremonies for cacao. Um, and you have a website called Anchoring the Light and really focused on helping individuals awaken and to remember the truth of who they are. And I know you feel really called to this path of ancient awakening. So I'm just thrilled to have you here today and hear about your path. We have some, is it beautiful sage? <laughs> it's actually amber. <laughs> amber. <laughs> it's amber resonance. Funny, I put the tiniest little bit on and it just went, <laughs> which is a really good sign because we're working Aww. with it. A very powerful goddess this morning, which is the goddess of um, of sharing joy and sharing light. Kusi Kalsai, her name is. That's why I'm burning the amber, and <laughs> she's well and truly present <laughs> with us. Here she is. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you for coming here today to share the medicine of you and all that you're doing in the world. I'm really curious how you did end up on this path and what took you to the Andes and about these beautiful medicines that you serve. Yeah, thanks, Michaela. It's such an honor to be here. I feel extremely grateful to be invited. And um, yeah, the work that I do and have been sharing for many years is very, very close to my heart for many different reasons. As you mentioned, I think my introduction to plants as medicine was through the raw vegan food business that I had. And when that came through, I never wanted that to be a business. I was fighting it with everything I had. I was like, no, this is a gift. It's a passion, you know, because I was making these downloading. I'd never, I'd, I wasn't a chef. I hadn't, you know, I was very much nourishing myself in that way. I was right into fasting, cleansing, you know, this is, we're talking 20 years ago now. 
and I was loving it for myself and so I was downloading these recipes and sharing them with people, sharing them with friends, family. And at the time I was spending a lot of time in an ashram. I was going up over the weekend and taking them up to the Swami up there. And word got around basically about these things and and I kept getting asked, you know, will you make them for our shop and blah, blah. And so I ended up saying yes and that was the floodgates just open and off we went. And um, everything that was created through that was done so mindfully with prayer, every batch of the different kinds of balls, and, and they were so different to anything else. And how it came through was, I think I've one of the things that I've come through with in this lifetime is how can I interpret something that maybe isn't so accessible to people and make it accessible, make it so that it's appealing, make it so that they can receive it. And it's exactly what I'm doing now. Like when I reflect, I'm working with so many ancient cultures and with Indigenous people and look at me, I'm a blonde-haired, blue-eyed woman from Australia. Clearly, I'm not Indigenous to the Andes or to here in Bali where I live. And But there's something where I seem to be able to tap into the essence of something and bring it through in a way that people can, ah, oh, they can digest it. And that was the same with the food. So it was Living Food, Loving Vibration was the was the title of that. And it was such a joyful sacred enterprise. Even my mum was involved. You know, it was so beautiful. And even our kitchen was open. Even when the shop came later and people were coming in, you know, and that was by cosmic accident as well. Like it was never my intention. It was always programmed clearly, but I was just catching up with what it was going to be. And um, everyone would be there and joyful and music and making all the things in the background. And so it was all about this medicine through food, this medicine through plants. And it was back then, that was now 2009, that I started to tap into the Andean superfoods, maca, mm. cacao, of course, lucuma, you know, these amazing superfoods that have been used for thousands of years over there for connecting to spirit but also creating um, longevity and because you know these cultures it wasn't just one thing like the awakening process was also having the body in its highest peak state like a crystalline like as if we're going to be receiving that was actually what sealed the deal on me saying yes to taking that business out there into the public was a giant being that appeared to me in a vision and this is in 2007 and this guy was 10 or 12 feet tall, bright blue, kind of looked like Gandalf from Lord of the Rings with this long blue mm. cape and carrying a stuff. I know it sounds wacky, but it was as clear as day I was seeing it right in front of my face. And he said to me that something was coming in the future. Mm. Didn't say what, but he said it's some years off and there's going to be a ton of high frequency energy hitting the planet and it's to upgrade and awaken, um, accelerate the awakening process of humanity, but that most people, even those that, those that were already doing their spiritual work, the body wasn't adept or equipped or open enough, crystalline enough to be able to receive those frequencies without having big reactions to it. And for some people, that could even mean leaving the planet because the energies would be that strong. So my mission, and he gave me this blue crystal and he told me, I've never seen anything like it, and he told me I had to find it. It took me three years, but I found it. Wow. Um, he gave me this crystal and said, you need to work with this 
crystal and it's going to hold this energy. And so I didn't even tell anyone that because it was so whacked out and woo-woo, but I just continued on and did what I did knowing that a big part of my path and purpose was to prepare not only those in the know, you know, not just preaching to the choir, but as many people as I could. And Naked Treaties just went kaboom. You know, like I remember being in Canada and people stopping me on the street like, oh, my God, you're that lady from the raw food. You know, on the other side of the world, it was just crazy. And we'd get people coming into the shop, big gym body men coming in with their girlfriends that would be, when they came in, I don't want this stuff. And then they would try it and they'd be like, oh, my God. You know, and they'd become our best customers. So... That's how that all started and that love affair with cacao also started then. And somebody asked me, would you do a cacao ceremony? This is like, as I say, back in 2010, I was like, oh, okay. And I sat with that and I was like, how would that even happen? You know, there was no talk of anything to do with cacao ceremonies. I didn't know anyone. I'd never heard of anyone doing it before. And again, I just got shown really clearly. Little did I know that what I was being shown was the Andean Cosmovision. I didn't know that until a couple of years later when I first went to the Andes and uh, started sitting with my maestros and then I was like, wow, now this is all making sense. So the way that I've always shared cacao ceremonies has been quite unique. And for a while, the ego's like, it's my way. You know, I love to do that because it's so different to what everyone else does. And then came the big directive, no, now you need to give it. you got to give it. That's a big thing of the Andes. We call it Aini. Like once you've embodied something, then you share it. And the way I work in ceremony is working within a, what we call a chakana, which is the Andean cross. Normally I'm wearing it. I'll show it's on my altar. And within this symbol is everything that we could possibly need to know for living a life in harmony. So it creates kind of like a medicine wheel. Um, you know, medicine wheels are in every culture and every tradition from Celtic to Native American to the Mesoamerican, everything. So the way I share it, though, is rather than working specifically with certain animals, elements and and beings, guardians that we work with in the Andean Cosmovision, I encourage people to find their own there's deeper work that I do. I've got a 12-month program running at the moment with my maestro, Puma, from the Andes called Hampik Nusta, which means the healer priestess. It's the path of the medicine woman. And in that, we get more specific. This goes here because of this. This goes here because of this. But my feeling is, is that when we're going out and we're sharing ceremonies, we don't want to be replicating somebody's culture. What we want to do is go in and it's like a recipe. It's an understanding of how energy moves, of how energy works as downloaded by ancestors globally across time and space and memorial, not even only from the Andes, but from many different cultures. And my maestros are the first to say that the time and space that we're in now, because there's a lot of talk about this stuff, right? And the time and space that we're in now is that we have gone beyond the ancestry of our local community. And we've even gone beyond the ancestral wisdom that we can tap into globally. We're now going into the cosmic realms. You know, we're accessing this divine intelligence, we call it Yatchay, in the Andes, that's available to anybody. So for me, what I want to encourage people and guide people to do is to tap in to that divine intelligence within a framework and to receive and download their own ceremony in the way that feels most powerful for them, working with the guardians that are really supporting them. And then when we create these 
ceremonial spaces, these sacred spaces that are so profoundly watertight, absolutely safe, that we have a really clear understanding of where the energy is arriving from, how it's moving through the ceremonial space, how it's moving through each one of your participants, how to deal with things that arise within a ceremony, even with a, a medicine, a gentler but still very powerful medicine of cacao, we can create deeply, deeply transformative spaces where the healing is not only profound, it's also lasting. For someone who has never heard that cacao is a sacred medicine, what would you say you've seen and learned through serving cacao in this beautiful ceremonial way? Cacao is the perfect medicine for the times that we're in right now. And why? Because she has this incredible, generous spirit, this very sweet, loving, but also very direct, brings a lot of clarity. She brings a lot of creativity. And more than anything, she opens our heart. And in these times that we're in now, you know, we hear this talk of moving from 3D to 5D and people are like, what is that 5D? Like, is it, does it mean the earth's going to split in half and is it something over there? But 5D is right here, right now, isn't it? It's like, it's the paradigm of the heart. It's learning, remembering. It's nothing to do with learning. We're not learning anything new. We're just activating a memory of how to lead and live from that heart-centered awareness rather than from the old paradigm, which is of the, you know, the ego mind, the gripping mind, the fear control, all of that business. So as I was sharing with you earlier, you know, the reason that I teach and share how to serve cacao in these very powerful containers is because I work with the stronger medicines. I work with Huachuma and ayahuasca, especially with Huachuma. Huachuma, for those that don't know, is uh, a medicine from the Andes, and it's a cactus. It's sometimes referred to as San Pedro. And this medicine also has this profound ability to be able to guide us back to the wisdom of our hearts. The word Huachuma in Quechua translates to something like off with your head, the decapitator. Off with the mind, ego. <laughs> exactly right. I'm picturing Kali. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, this is the Wachuma Maestro. This is the stellated. Oh, wow. The star being of the Wachuma from the temples of Shavin, which is its, isn't it beautiful? Beautiful. And you can see that the Wachuma is holding these sacred staffs and these knives to decapitate, but that's exactly what it is. So in the ancient temples, I know I'm digressing a bit here, but in the ancient temples of Shavin di Huanta, the ceremonies happened on the top, so there's a big terrace and uh, up there is where the medicine would be served. And then they have built underground temples, labyrinths, deep in the earth, so your senses are completely blocked, deprived of light and, and all the things. The only thing that's down there is there's rivers running underneath the temple, so you can hear this, this sound. And when you enter into the chambers... There's many, and as I say, it's like a labyrinth. And then in the very center of the temple is the Wachuma Maestro, and it's a huge monolith. I mean, the mind boggles as to how they were even able to get this down there. And when you meet the Maestro, that is when the ego is dissolved. And that process of going through the dark and finding your inner light, 
remembering that I always say it's like Luke Skywalker. It's like a Jedi Knight. He doesn't push the dark away. He doesn't push the shadow away. He goes in because he knows that the force is with him, the source is with him. He has his lightsaber and that is who we are. So when we don't, when we're not afraid of our inner world, when we're not afraid of our shadows, because really the sacred medicines, they're only showing us aspects of ourselves. Even if they're showing us aspects of what's happening in the world, that is also aspects of ourselves because there is no other. In Quechua, we say that's non-kankani. It means I am, you know, it's like there is no separation. So to, to heal somebody else is healing yourself. To heal yourself is healing somebody else, to heal the world. So as you move through this process and how it's depicted is with these jaguar heads. So you begin as the human just as the person. And then the next stage is that you begin to be able to see in the dark, you know, see beyond your shadows, see into these other realms, into yourself, so you become half-half. And then the awakened being is a fully embodied jaguar. And so you see these heads all over in the temples of Shivin showing this awakening process. And how does that happen? It, it happens through coming back into the intelligence, into the wisdom of our hearts. You know, the medicine of Huachuma helps us to unlock where these unprocessed traumas and emotions are stored in the body. It's a very somatic medicine. Mm. It's a solar medicine, so we work with it during the day. Sometimes in some cultures, especially in Ecuador, they do work with it at night, but in the Andes we work with it during the day. The cactus is shaped like a star and it has different numbers of points and depending on the points will be different frequencies of medicine. There's seven, there's 13 different, yeah, it's just, it's incredibly beautiful. Is it known as a more, you talked about cacao as kind of a more feminine energy. Is San Pedro Wachuma known to be more of a masculine energy? It is. We refer to Wachuma as the grandfather. However, with all of the sacred medicines, we also really feel that there's no protocols. So however they're appearing to you is what's meant for you. So for some people, ayahuasca, even though we speak of her as being the mother or the grandmother, could appear as a very masculine spirit. And that's okay. That's what it is for you. It, they, these, these beings, these intelligent beings, they'll take any form. They'll take whatever form is necessary to aid you the best because they know. They know what you need. So with Huachuma, the reason we re refer to him as grandfather is because he's like the quintessential elder. He's like the kind, wise grandfather. And for some people, that in itself is very healing if they didn't know their grandfather, if they didn't have a deep relationship with that ancestry on that masculine line can be extremely healing just that. But like any good elder, he will say to you, so let's take a look. Let's review Let's have a look what's holding you back, what's limiting you, what haven't you processed yet. And the thing with these medicines, with all of the medicines, and I fully believe this from what I've been shown myself, the reason that the medicines, all of the medicines, whether it be ayahuasca, cacao, wachuma, toad medicines, all of the medicines that are here now, there's a huge awakening of these medicines. They're really present here at the moment because there is so much healing that needs to happen. We move in these cycles through humanity and the last 5,000 years has been massive, bigger than ever. But that was all prophesized. It's all, all a part of it. You know, we've had to go through these heavy processes for us to 
get to a point where we start to remember, we start to awaken, and the medicines are a part of that, but really that's not their primary purpose. They're activated now for that because they're needed for that, but their primary purpose is to help us to tap into divine intelligence, to know how to create awakened civilizations, awakened humanities, to build and be in harmony with nature. All of the major temples that were built in the Andes that just seemed to seamlessly sink into the mountains and these phenomenal, like the temples of Corral, which are older than the Egyptian pyramids, had one of the most advanced environmental recycling systems even for now. It's crazy, isn't it? Wild to think of the ancient wisdom. I love that. I actually, when we think of these beautiful plant medicines, all of them, as you said, in some ways, it's like they're, they've been activated to heal the shadow, so much of the shadow on the planet. But ultimately, as we start to clear our own individual shadows and collective shadows, the teachings and the wisdom that they have for us is quite profound. And it can be really swift. The magic word is surrender. Are you noticing just in your own work, one of the things I've been noticing is it seems like it has been the activations and the healings seem faster. It does seem like there's a quickening of something that might have taken a while to be illuminated and then just really moved through in a quicker way. Yes, definitely. Even without sitting in the circles with the medicines and opening up those ceremonial and sacred spaces, there are enormous rays of photonic light and energy that are hitting our planet at the moment. I'm sure you know that we've had the biggest ever recorded solar flares. Ever. <laughs> yeah, ever. And they began really in 2018, didn't they, those M-class flares, and they've just been ramping up, getting bigger, 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 and they're changing the electromagnetic frequency of the planet. We're energy, you know. We're vibrating particles and particles of matter. We have our own electromagnetic field. How you could ever think that that process that's happening for the planet isn't happening for us. That's part of our service here. Like we've all come to be in service to something. That is a fulfilling life. Not to say that we have to be like, oh, I'm going to go and heal the world. You know, it doesn't have to be like that. It's like just in your being. It's something you came to be, not even something you came to do. I think our service often gets confused with the roles we play, but it's not. It's a state of being. It's how you light somebody up in their day. And that's what all of this is leading us back to. But those, those photonic, those rays, that celestial energy as well, that galactic energy, there's been a lot of blue light surges just recently, huge coming through. I mean, the last month for me has been like, oh my gosh, phenomenal. What's been coming through? It can feel like being plugged into the cosmic mains. And, you know, you can be like, you know, it's like so much energy. So much energy. It's like being hit by a lightning bolt, isn't it? And what's interesting is that in the Andean tradition, up until quite recently, the way that you were chosen for your path to be medicine man, medicine woman, is you were struck by lightning. They call it yapa. Well, I guess Nikola Tesla, who brought so much to our world as far as inventions go, the, the original Nikola Tesla, I know his mother was pregnant and got hit by lightning when she was pregnant with him. We have to believe in some way that these light rays from the sun are offering us some higher intelligence, some quickening, some connection to our hearts. 
They certainly are. And I, I know from a lot of people that I work with that psychic senses are opening, the veils are thin. And actually, I have to say, during the time of the pandemic, I was still able to work because of where I live here. There's a lot of people here that were still wanting to do the work and all the things. And I got the big no. I got told to stop by the medicine. Wow. It was really interesting for me because I had retreats fully booked and everything paid. And so I had to return all the, all the things and, and I had to ring every person. Medicine's told me no. Medicine's told me no. And people are like, why? Because you have to listen. For me, if I'm, I'm not doing this for any other reason other than to be in the highest service to what people are needing and what is also good for me because I, it's like we have to, we've got to fill our own cup before we can give right? And so when I got that very, very strong message, cancel it, stop, we'll tell you when again. They told me it was because the veils on the planet were very, very thin. There was a lot of expansion happening, but there was also a lot of stuff going on that a lot of people weren't really aware of. And it wasn't the time for blasting things open. It was the time for pulling things in and integrating and they said to me the elders have been doing so much work whether people know it or not up until this 2020 portal they, they knew it's been prophesized they knew so they were doing so many ceremonies so much work and now you have to let that work that the earth is asking for everything to stop and for the integration process to happen and it was confusing for me because I was like oh am I ever going to serve medicine again and they said you will but it will be different wow so the way that I work is the same in many ways, but it's shifted in other ways too in that what I see now is that the nervous system of pretty much everybody uh, has been completely recalibrated. We're way more sensitive, even people that weren't sensitive, right, before, and it doesn't take much to open the veils. Not at all. As a matter of fact, it's interesting. I have felt recently just with my own clients just saying let's do somatic experiencing and go in with your eyes closed and it's right on the surface so little medicine compared to what might have been you know needed 10 years ago it just is like it is interesting it's right on the surface and even in the Western culture where we live, where so many people are in their minds and so disconnected from their bodies, sometimes that's what seems to take the medicine to get the mind offline to go into the body. It's so interesting, I'm noticing the same thing, that just with the eyes closed and using the body as the deep psyche, it's all right there. The shadow's right there. The child part is right there, ready to be remembered, ready to be reintegrated back into the system. Exactly. It doesn't take much. And so I feel the responsibility that we have as medicine carriers, whatever beautiful plant teacher we're in service to, is to really tap in, tune in and not go in with this old school mentality of having to blast the circuits open to heal. It's so old paradigm. It's not necessary. There's so much that can be received when we meet the medicine halfway. And it's not to say that people won't have and some people don't need a deeper experience sometimes they do but we don't have to blast that out of people you know for me I like to now take it really slow and just watch and ask people I'm very hands-on in the way that I work anyways and even when we're working with ayahuasca what we say to people now is microdose and if you've got any doubt or any fear first microdose 
and then sit and wait and feel the medicine. Let the medicine, rather than, yeah, here, here a dose, big cup, three cups, you know, you're off out. Because at the moment, it can be very hard for people to come back. Totally. It can be tough for people to ground. And really now is chop wood carry water time. So I'm curious about your unwinding process, your medicine journey. My medicine journey began a very long time ago, I think um, probably 25 years almost ago, and uh, went through a lot of that. I think people call it a spiritual awakening. I never gave it that name. I didn't even know what that was. I was just moving through huge activations. And yeah, you know, I really believe that we coming in as light workers, meaning that we have come here from a, a bit of a different trajectory only. That's all that it means is that we've done this stuff before and we know, you know, we've played out so many different roles already and we've come to a place now where we know, our soul knows that it's time to remember. I'm, I'm not a big believer in karma as such that we have to fix something from a lifetime before. I think that's very instant we call it Aini, you know, what you're creating is what you're receiving. What you're receiving is what you're giving. So it's really very much here. I believe when we go, we return to our source. We return to the divine origins of light and we leave the memories here to be accessed. We leave it in the Akashic records. We leave it in the portal of the earth. And that's also just digressing why I feel like we need to be very careful about what wisdom we tap into because it's all there. We have to get clear about what we're choosing. And so it was massive for me back then, but awesome, absolutely awesome. I was very much, I was in a totally different world. I was actually working in television and all this stuff was going on. And I knew on some level that there was nothing for me to do, but just to go into these spaces and beam light, to know myself as light, to know myself. And it was so amazing how people would come from across the room and say, you have this glowing thing going on around you or, you know, people would notice it. And um, I went through some very, very hard processes, 17 years actually of tough processes, two bankruptcies. One of them was very public on the front page of a newspaper at the same time as my father being diagnosed with a terminal condition, at the same time as breaking up with my partner, who at the time was a quite a well-known actor. So that was in itself was a headline. Wow. So it was really like a smashing down of the ego. And I... All the identities. Oof. Yeah. Everything went. And um, it was super beautiful, actually, because there's so much that you receive from this, you know. You could say that I lost everything, but I didn't. I gained everything. It was what drove my spiritual path and practice. It's what got me bringing groups of women to my house every fortnight for free and just bringing in different spiritual teachers to for them to listen to and receive from, you know. It, it was a phenomenal time. And then when I started my business, Naked Treaties, that I didn't want to be a business, as I said, I had nothing, no monies. And my mum lent me $600 Australian. And you know what I bought with it? Seeds. And when I look back on that now, I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Yes. Oh my gosh. I literally was seeding this whole new situation. It's probably a new moon too. <laughs> yeah, probably. It probably was. But even the seeds, can you believe it? I left them in the sun and they all went off and I had to start again. Amazing. So it was so beautiful along the way. And 
just to say too, when I was first starting and I'm working 16 hours a day and I'm in the kitchen all night because I couldn't afford a kitchen. So I was using the kitchen of this shop that I was giving stock to, but I couldn't start in there until 5 p.m. until their chef finished. And so I would work all night making all of these cakes and balls and packaging and like gifts and then delivering them myself the next morning. And this woman that was in the working there, she came in one day and she's like, you work so hard. Like, why haven't you got any help? And I said, because I, I actually can't pay anyone at the moment. I try never to use the words I can't afford it. I've totally shifted. Even this whole situation, and I knew it. You know when you know it? I know that the relationship to abundance is purely energetic. But when it's in your face, you know, because I, I had a situation where I had two investors that did a number on me basically and left me holding a million dollars in debt. So when you've got that level of pressure and at the same time you're working your butt off with Abraham Hicks, <laughs> tidying up your relationship to abundance, it really does. It And it really has taught me now I have not even a care in the world about it, you know, because it's purely energetic. It's purely vibrational. It's an energy. We know that. When you tell life that you know something, then life's like, do you really? I'm just going to send you something to test it out. Yep. Let's just test that survival strategy. <laughs> So anyway, here turns up life with this beautiful woman and she said to me, I'm going to give you three hours of my time after my shift twice a week for free Wow! as karma yoga because I believe in what you're doing and I just want to help you. And I'll never forget that, the kindness and this, this gift from the universe. And it was that, it was that act of kindness that shifted everything because it opened an ease, it opened a flow, it opened a, a trust. Anyways, then fast forward some years and I, 2011, I had a Colombian partner at the time and he really wanted to go to Peru to sit with medicine. And I, in my mind, didn't think that I was called to Peru. I wanted to see Machu Picchu as everyone does, but I didn't have any burning desire to go. And so we get there and in January 2012 and my, my feet touch the ground and that's it. I'm flooded with remembering. Mm. It was like I could have, and I think I probably did, kiss the earth, you know, I was home. Weird, you know. Again, I'm this Australian woman who knew nothing about the ending Cosmovision. And then not long after that, oh, first of all, I went and sat in an ayahuasca ceremony and it was, the medicine was beautiful, the medicine always is, and the medicine brought me back, but wowzers. I don't know what was going on in that ceremony. All as I can say, and I see this a lot, is that the shaman was way more interested in how good his musical ability was and what he was playing than what was going on in that circle. And it was a mess. Oof. I could see it. I could see things were jumping from one person to another. There was severe traumas being unlocked, people screaming for help and him just ignoring. Wow. Dragging people out and just leaving them outside you know, with no care, no no one watching over them. And that had an effect on me where for about six months, because there was a lot of fear, because I went out so far and I couldn't find my way back and there was no one doing anything to bring me or anyone else back, that I ended up with, you know, if I had gone to a doctor, they would have told me I had severe anxiety disorder, but I knew it wasn't that. I'd had a severe soul split and um I would be in conversation like this with you and the next thing I would be hovering on the roof looking at my body and not able to get back in. Wow. And that the panic, the terror that comes because you're like, what's happening, what's happening? And this would happen in social situations all the time. And so, and then I'd be sitting in my 
house and I could hear conversations happening in my landlord's house a kilometre away like I was standing around their kitchen table. But this was happening, it happened so fast and so quick and I had no point of reference for what was going on. And that's how I met my teachers. Um, it was an elder from Keros, my first teacher, and I was doing energetic work with him called Karpais because in you understand like in, again, the Andean Cosmovision, we have these three worlds. There's the Ukupacha, which is the... The old school calls it the underworld, but it's not the underworld, it's the inner, the inner world. The Kaipacha, which is this physical temple and this world that we can live in, everything we can taste, feel, touch, manifest. And then the Hanakpacha or the Hananpacha, which is this upper world, our relationship to spirit. No hierarchy between these worlds. They all need to, for us to be in joy and harmony, they're all balanced within us, right? So the medicines kind of represent these worlds. The Uhupacha is the jungle. So this is the medicine of ayahuasca. It's represented by the amaru or the snake. So this is very much the vine of the soul and these un inner world kind of journeys. Medicine of Huachuma is the kaipacha. It's the middle world, the world of light, of color, of sound, of manifest. This is why this medicine is so profound for bringing us back in touch with nature. And that to me is the greatest human disease, is our disconnection from nature because that's a disconnection from ourselves and from each other. Mm -hmm. And our true nature our true nature. And nature is us, so it has everything we need. You can sit there with a blade of grass. Do people sit there for eight hours with a blade of grass? Having, But the medicine allows it you to because it, it, it opens that stillness up, that space where you can sit there and have that conversation with a tree or a blade of grass and ask it anything and it will tell you. It connects you. It's not the medicine doing it. It's just it's medicine is holding your hand and guiding you as an ally back to your deepest wisdom and your deepest truth. And then the Hanukbacha is the high mountains in a place called Eros, which is like when the conquistadors came, the Spanish came, they were never able to infiltrate this land because it was too high. It's six or 7,000 metres above sea level. And up there they don't work with medicine as ayahuasca or wachuma. They work with coca, the leaves of the coca, and with direct transmissions from the Hanukbacha, from spirit. And these transmissions of energy, they're called karpais, and they have carpies for many different things. They're initiation processes, basically. They activate energy. So he was working with me with these carpies, and the body starts taking over, and it's convulsing and doing all these things. So crazy. And he says to me, ayahuasca? He looks at me like this. <laughs> oh. And I'm like, see. And he's like, donde? Where? And I was like, pisak. And he's like, hey. Slaps his head. Lie down. Lie down. 20 minutes it took him with his mesa, which is what I have here. He had his medicine bundle, he had his bell, he had his mapacho, and he had a, a rattle. And he started singing some Quechua songs, some Icaros. And straight away, when he started doing that, this humble man, there was no big nothing. It was so simple, so direct. And I saw myself running like this like this from dimensions coming across wormholes and and then the next minute I'm running through fields wow and blows the mapacho in the crown of my head back in the body bang done wow the a severe the panic attacks the disassociation all of it gone stopped he retrieved my soul in all of 15 20 minutes with so much humility and so much ease working with the power of his guardians, and that was the beginning of my shamanic Andean path. That's when I started. Wow, what an entry. Yeah, and it was that experience. I was so grateful. I'm still learning, still now learning from that experience in January 11, 2012. 
it's still teaching me so much and thank God for it because it's it gave me the everything that I needed to go, this is not how ceremonial space is facilitated. I didn't know then that I was going to be serving medicine. It was just after that that I met my maestro Puma. And then the first time I heard this word, Huachuma, I had this like, like my heart, it was so weird. I haven't even worked with the medicine yet. And my heart starts to to flutter because it's a medicine of the heart also. And I meet my maestro Puma and he does a coca leaf reading for me, which is where they've got the um, blanket full of the leaves. And he throws the leaves and he looks in and he's like, I'm just going to check again. And he throws them again and he's like, wow. He said, my dear, don't let that blonde hair and blue eyes fool you. These are your mountains and you're a medicine woman and you need to come back here as soon as you can and start training. And so I did. So meanwhile, here I am with this flourishing business with all these staff. It's grown now and I've got all of this thing and I'm like, so I started going back to Peru. I went back and I spent a few months there working every day with Puma. And then one day he turns up and he's got a cactus over his shoulder and he's like, now it's time for us to be working with this. And then within a year, with his blessing, like in solid work, solid work and preparing, he told me, now you need to go and start working with it. So I was working with it first in Peru and then taking it out to people. And I started bringing groups to Peru right then from 2013 every year. So I've spent at least three to six months of my year every year apart from over the pandemic time in the Andes. As I was sharing with you before, the reason that I teach cacao in the way that I do is because we often will have people after they've been through a medicine journey, they feel this deep desire to want to be in service because that's what we're being called to do now, you know, like it's natural. That's why we're here. But sometimes people don't understand because I think when we're working in these realms, it looks effortless. It's like when you watch a violinist in an orchestra and you're like hearing this exquisite music, but you don't know, you don't realize how much has gone in to being able to do that, right? And it's the same when we're working in these deep medicine spaces. There is so much going on in all the levels. And it's like constantly, I mean, Wachuma is a 14-hour journey. So I'm there and I'm talking to all of the guardians. I'm working. My guardians, our relationship is so strong that I'll send the doctors out to the people and they'll work on them and they'll come back and tell me this person is happening with this and this is also, I think, work in a traditional lineage, something that you embody over time, but good intention isn't enough and it can be dangerous. I mean, those of us that have worked in medicine spaces and facilitated them, you have some hairy moments sometimes and if you don't know how to bring people back and you don't know how to take care of them physically, you could be in trouble. So the reason that I encourage this beautiful medicine of cacao is because people want to be in service. They want to be working with the plants. The plants are calling for it. But how can they take these medicines into their communities in a way that's safe but still deeply transformative and profound? So the way I teach to work with cacao is using the fundamentals of how I would work in ceremony with wachuma, in a lighter way, of course, but in a way where the container is doing the work for them because they've learned how to work with it and how to set it up. And just to say too, in that way, you don't get drained. You don't lose your energy because you're not doing it. This whole thing of holding space, I try never to use that word because it denotes this like, I'm holding it for everyone. 
And it's like, no, you're not holding anything. What you are, if you understand the way the energy is moving, you're a container for the high frequency energy that is arriving to you from all four of the portals, from the earth, from the cosmos, from your guardians. You're the container like the crystal. And then you are refracting consciously that energy out into the space and the energy is doing the work. You're just guiding it. So if you know that and you understand how to create that container, then it makes it really powerful, transformative and safe for your participants. But it also means you don't lose your energy. And that's a big part of it too. Because especially as women, we have a tendency to overgive and... and overgive. Yeah. I can tell to you of such a generous spirit bringing the raw vegan food out into the world and your work now. It seems like your heart was always a pretty open heart. Yeah, I think so. I definitely know that my, do you know the Gene Keys? Yes, yes, I do know the Gene Keys. It was really interesting when I had my Gene Keys done. My life's purpose is to be universal love. And um, when I think of that, it's like when you put your hand up for that kind of thing, you are going to call in lots of opportunities and situations to see. I always think when I think of that, and I'm not talking from a religious perspective at all, I'm talking purely from the ascended master of Jesus Christ. I mean, a master of love, that guy, what happened to him, you know, and a master of love. Unconditioned. Unconditioned. And, you know, when you were just speaking about serving medicine and being in that role, just holding unconditioned love what that can just do in the space, just being that, holding it, allowing it to, and not like you said, holding it, but it allowing it to flow through because ultimately that's it. That's it. That's exactly right. And when you have that, we call that munai, when you have that and because a space, a container is masculine, feminine, right? It's not one or the other. The masculine energy, the container itself is the, the structure the pyramid that is containing that energy. And then within that, then you flow from that essence of love. And that's really important because, and that's that's the main thing that I share, that I teach, even with our 12-month program that's going on at the moment with Maestro Puma and I, fundamental and foundational to every single thing is this is the mesa, it's the altar. Because within this, we work with these sacred stones and objects called queers. They're masters healing, masters of living energy. And each one of these, when they're placed on the altar in the portals, are programmed with essences, with apus, we call them, which are the spirits of mountains, nustas, which are the feminine energies like goddesses or daughters of Pachamama like lakes, oceans. We have animal allies, elements, working on each one of these portals, the apples particularly, the mountains particularly, because they're kind of like the security guards. And our communion with those guardians needs to be one where we know ourselves as them. When we're calling on these guardians, we're calling on aspects of ourself. At ultimately, there is only one. But just like in the Hindu tradition, for example, you have so many different personalities or aspects. Each one comes with a particular gift, a frequency, a personality. And that, along with our ancestors and, very importantly, the ancestors at the land that you're working on, because we have to understand too, especially when we're travelling, when you take these medicines outside of their traditional environment, 
you're going into lands where the energy that's programmed there, the ceremonies, the rituals, all of the things that have happened there in the past may be completely different and it's very alive. The ancestral spirits on the land are very alive and if you just go bulldozing in there with a medicine and a frequency that they have never seen before, they've got no idea about, and you don't even introduce yourself and explain to them what's going on and why, that is like turning up to the door of elders and barging your way in without introducing yourself, without bringing an offering, a gift, you know, a box of chocolates or a, it's just rude. <laughs> and there's going to be a situation where they're like, who do you think you are, young whippersnapper, coming in here with you, you know, like this? So that's really important too, whether you're working with cacao or any of the other medicines, is you need to arrive before anybody else is there and you've got to spend some time having a conversation, introducing yourself, speaking to the spirits and the ancestors of the land, taking and making offerings because then they help. Asking permission. Well, you already have permission because that's why you're there. This is interesting, isn't it? It's more like a giving gratitude. Thank you for inviting me. And this is this medicine and this is how we're going to be working and I know it's very different, but I would love for you to see the purity of my heart and the purity of the intention that I'm coming with here and know that whatever healing is received here today, it's also for you and I'd love for you to assist me to be a part of that healing. They love that. So for someone who has never experienced Wachuma, but has experienced maybe some other earth medicines, how would you compare the experience to ayahuasca or mushrooms? What I find, I always have a little giggle when I get people coming to me saying, I work with a lot of ayahuasca and I know this medicine is really gentle and it's much different to ayahuasca. I'm like, maybe don't say that too loud because the medicine's listening. And I would say that the biggest difference between Wachuma and ayahuasca is that Wachuma is a very somatic medicine. It's very, very in the body. So it's a very grounding medicine also. So at the same time as we call it hummingbird medicine, and um, there's a beautiful legend about the hummingbird, that the hummingbird is the, the messenger to the creator, to Witticocha. It brings the nectar from the cosmic gardens. It brings the wisdom. And it's very much a, a rainbow medicine. I mean, like you see you are able to perceive the energy that maybe you're not seeing with your physical eyes. You know, you can see the trees breathing perhaps, you can see the patterns of the vortexes and the patterns of energy that are always there that stay hidden from view. So it puts you into deep, deep, deep connection with nature. And I often see that people say that working with Wachuma is a peak spiritual experience. It opens up your knowing of unity, that you are God, that you are the creator, that you are light, and very consciously, because while you're working with Wachuma, you can walk, you can talk, you're very lucid at the same time as being totally dialed in to the fifth, sixth, seventh dimension. So you, you're there and you're also here, and you're very aware that you're here, but you're also there. So it, for me, it really helps to bridge those worlds because that's really what we're here to do is to bring that through and anchor it. That's what anchoring the light is, right? And anchor it, anchoring the light. I love that name. And the thing with Wachuma, like with any of the medicines, you know, the medicines, they work in layers. So they will go to work on each person differently depending on what it is they need. First, it can be very physical. There can be purging. 
Um, not as much as ayahuasca, but there can be. But why is that? Because this energy center here that we call the Costco, this is like the, the digester of energy. This is where all energy that arrives to you is processed and digested and most often not digested. It's held there. And where all of your emotional, psychological processes, your traumas, you know, that's where most of the time they're not well digested because we have never been taught how. It's innate. We know how. But we're not conscious of what we're taking in and taking on. From the first breath we take in when we come through the birth canal, that first breath we take on the processes of our family, of our community straight away. And at that same point, our energy goes splat. And that's when the forgetting happens, right? Because of that first initial trauma of coming through the birth canal. And then we start to look for our identity. And that's what we call the false identity, right? Which is the ego, because it's not ours. It's Everything that we're told, good girl, bad girl, good boy, bad, you know, la, la, la. And, yeah, this is right, this is wrong and all of the things. And then we create that false identity and then at some point we start to question, hang on a second, I don't think that's mine. Well, none of it's yours. And none of it was the person that gave it to you either. That was given to them by somebody else. I know. So you have enormous compassion for this also with the medicine because when you start to go in, I mean, Wachuma does not let you get away with it because it's in the body. So if there is something there that you have been, and sometimes with ayahuasca, you can go past those things because it's so like you're out there in the cosmos that you'll see a lot of stuff, but sometimes you can miss those things that are really in the body and Wachuma won't let you get away with that. So he will take you into that and say, we're just going to lift the rug and have a little look what's under here. And the thing is, is this is also where it shows us the quality of our mind, right? Because there's two choices in that. You either go into it and you start looping on it and recreating the story, recreating the emotions that come with that trauma. The identity. And you get that, you'll have that emotional release, which is awesome, but it's still looping with the mind. What the medicine helps us to do is to reconnect to that divinity that we are, that higher awareness, that understanding, that bigger picture. And then when we look at those things, we see it through different eyes. We see it through this lens of compassion, of love, of understanding, wow, you know, the hurt that that person must have been going through. What was done to them? What was given to them? Oh my goodness. And the compassion brings forgiveness. And then as we know, forgiveness is, that's it. And even if you can't do it on the physical level, your higher self is forgiving. And then you're released. That situation is released. You become very adept at this as well as you work with the medicine because you realize that even when you've done all the big work and cleared a lot of that old stuff, there's always more. Another layer. Another layer, and it gets down <laughs> to the bottom of the barrel. But there's also, just by nature of being human, we have these energy bubbles, many different names. In the Andes, we call it a pokpo. It's a bubble of energy. And we're wandering around and we're like, bloop, bloop, like we're bumping up against other people's bubbles. And we're also, because we lost our consciousness on that first breath, we are always, with every breath we're taking in, we're taking in one of two energies. We're either taking in hucha, which is heavy energy, or we're taking in sami, which is light energy. And most of the time, we are not conscious. But this is why in ceremony, we don't take stuff on. I don't take anything on in ceremony. Why? Because I'm conscious like a razor sharp, I'm on. 
So nothing's sticking. How can it? Because if, if there's heavy energy, I'm consciously taking that energy in, I'm consciously transforming it, and I'm consciously sending it back out as blessings, just like a crystal would. That's what crystals do. They don't go, oh, yuck, I don't want that energy. Don't give that to me. They're like, bring it on, because they know how to transform it into light. Speaking of that crystal that you were supposed to find, and it took you three years, where did you find it? I found it in a teeny tiny little market stall by the beach in this old hippie guy who had just a whole tent full of bit like crystals, but every kind that you can imagine, no two of one thing. And I found it there and I had it. It went into my very first mesa. And this is how, this is the magic of how the mesa works. It was there for maybe two years, I would say. And then one day I opened my mesa and it was gone. It had completely dematerialized. Wow. I have never seen it again. I hadn't taken it out. I'd worked with it as I always did. I put it back in, closed the bundle. So, you know, the bundle was closed like this. And then when I opened it, it was gone. And then I knew, okay. Now, what brought you to Bali? I started coming, I mean, Bali to Australia is kind of like going to Spain or Ibiza when you live in Europe or whatever. I don't know what it is for you guys there, maybe Hawaii. So I've been coming here a long time anyways, but 2010 I started coming and spending longer periods here and then a few years after that I started running retreats here and then I came to run a retreat in the pandemic. I always wanted a way to open up that I could stay here and live here more because I love it. And, uh, well, the world provided that because I came and I did. I, everyone still came on that retreat. It was phenomenal even though everything was shutting down. People really felt they needed it. And then I had a choice to make whether I was going back to Australia, but I just had a feeling that Australia was going to be nasty. And it really was. Really was. It was a surprise, actually, the level of shutdown. Yeah. And my partner lives in the Netherlands. So I, if I had have gone back to Australia, I wouldn't have seen him for two years. So as it was, Bali didn't shut like you could still fly. And we both got visas, um, resident visas to be here so we could come and go freely. So we had 10 months apart when the first shebang happened. And yeah, and so then it's just been, I mean, I'm still traveling around a lot. So I'm in Peru two or three months. And then I go to Europe for three months because he's there and I do my work in Europe. I do a lot of online stuff these days. That was the blessing of the pandemic for me because it got me over a lot of limitations of how I could share what I do online. Like if you had have said that to me before, I was like, what? Ceremony online? Like what? And that, that was just a limitation because it's, it's all energy. Mm -hmm. And it also means the apprenticeships I do, I do the Wilka Suyu, which is the three-month shamanic cacao in the art of ceremonial space. And then I do this 12-month Humpik Nusta with Maestro Puma and I, and we've got like 85 women on this and from every corner of the earth. Wow. And uh, we'll have an in-person aspect of that as well, of course, in Peru and then one here in Bali too. But it's just beautiful. I mean, I'm, I'm sure you feel that too. Like the amount of people that we can actually reach is phenomenal. Wow. Your programs sound beautiful. So you have the two that you just mentioned, the cacao, and then you work with Maestro for, which one is that one? That one is called Hampik Nusta. It means in, in Quechua, it means the healer priestess. So it's the, the path of the modern medicine woman. So we go into 
all of the things with the altar, hands-on healing, working with mapacho, connecting to the spirits of the sacred plants, so not actually serving them in this one, but it, there's ways of accessing the plants without actually ingesting them. We work with Ikaros. We work with Mama Irene, who's um, an 85-year-old elder who was a curandera from the 1950s and phenomenal medicine woman. We work with Maestra Magali, who is a, a master of lucid dreaming and uh, working in the dream realms. Um, we work with the art of making and programming very powerful despachos, hayawikris, which are the offerings to shift and move energy, soul retrieval, all of the things. So it's really very, very empowering for people on a personal level, but also for them, obviously, to to be in service and take that work out. And then with the Wilkasuyu, which is the, um, the shamanic cacao and the art of ceremonial space, that one's really about facilitation. So we're working really deeply with the medicine of cacao, but I also have a lot of people coming in that are facilitating other things from breath work and even yoga to ayahuasca. I've had a lot of ayahuascaers come and do this because it gives you a whole next level of facilitation of sacred space rooted in the shamanic Andean cosmovision, but yours. So you're making that ceremony your own, but you're understanding why and how we do things in a certain way and how these things are arriving to you and how you can create really like I even we have a lot of people that are working in psychotherapy because people are doing what do you call them like the assisted journeys with MDMA or psilocybin or but a lot of those people they don't have a shamanic understanding of what's happening they're coming at it purely from a a mental psychological yeah we got to be careful of that the westernizing the over psychologicalizing of the medicine path yeah so what would you want people to know at this time it sounds like, you know, you're very connected to Pachamama, you're connected to all of your guides, these beautiful medicines. You've been on this path for a while and have downloaded, I'm sure, much wisdom. What I want people to know is that everything is okay, that we are exactly where we are meant to be, that this time has been prophesized, we're in this this great Pachakutek, which is a changing of cycles. This It's the Tarapai Pacha now. We're moving into a golden age. In 2013, the Kundalini energy of the planet shifted from the Himalayas to the Andes. That's why it's so active and alive there and why so many people are being drawn there at the moment. That these masters, these ancient masters that walked before us, and I'm talking right back to the Atlanteans and the Lemurians, they programmed the sacred sites and the portals across the planet, the masters and the priestesses of the seven rays, they knew exactly what was coming, they knew exactly what was going on, and it's all there for us to receive, it's all there for us to be supported by, that it's necessary, the destruction and the chaos that we're experiencing is a part of it, it's necessary for everything to break down because that's the only way that newness can come about, that evolution can happen, that's nature. And whilst it's terrifying for some people, heartbreaking. We really must stay super conscious and aware of keeping our hearts and our minds focused on the bigger picture and not to bypass or ignore the things that are happening, but understanding on some level, like this condor's perspective, this elevated perspective that there is some crazy perfection in everything that's happening 
And we want to be careful not to feed the very thing that we are trying to move away from. And if we go into fear and then judgment around it, especially you see a lot on social media, a lot of people judging other people for their ideas or opinions or, and you're just being sucked in to the energies that are keeping us trapped and keeping us prisoner. So we have to be able to watch it with compassion and without being overwhelmed by the empathy because then we're no good to anybody. And to understand that a, a lot of what you're feeling is not yours. When you wake up in the morning and you're overcome with feelings of dread, anxiety, fear, the mind's racing, that's not yours. You've been asleep, you're open, you're tapped into the collective energy. The most beautiful, powerful, quick thing that you can do is put yourself inside of a neon blue crystal, not to protect but to transform. And that neon blue energy of divine power and will and love means that anything that touches the surface of that crystal has to, yes or yes, be instantly transformed into the highest frequency and become conscious of how that energy is arriving to you because then you can consciously use it as fuel. Rather than letting it take you down, you can transform it and then you can consciously send it back out as blessings that's needed all over the planet. And lastly, to know that we are being upgraded with enormous surges of high-frequency energy, blue light energy, golden and amber rays, all different spectrums are coming in. And it's like when they hit us, it's kind of like hitting the power box in your house and the circuit breaker goes, right? So these physical sensations that come through us could be fatigue, could be flus and colds, palpitations in the heart is a really big one, dizziness and vertigo, feeling a bit out of your body, feeling a bit spacey, either sleeping a lot or not, or having severe insomnia. All of these things are the physical body integrating these frequencies because the little physical body, it's got a lot to catch up on. So give yourself as much time and space as you can. Grab the moments for rest before you are made to because that's integration. Your soul and its infinite wisdom will put you on your ass if you don't listen and give it to yourself first. And lastly, as this energy comes in to the body, whether it's through working with medicines or whether it's through working with the medicine that is right here, right now, always. And as you were saying, you know, through the breath work, the somatic experiencing, meditation, just being, <laughs> just walking around and receiving it. This energy is so intelligent, just like the energy of all the medicines. And it finds its way to anywhere in your being where there's a stagnancy, where there is old trauma that you don't even need to know. It's actually really kind because it's not taking us into the stories that would create more trauma. It's just finding where that unprocessed stuff is. And it is like a water pushing up against a dam and the energy is working at working at working it until there's a, and in that pop, it releases from the physical body and it manifests as physical symptoms. So if and when that happens for you, rather than overanalyzing and trying to figure out all the things of what could be causing it, what's wrong, give the physical body what it needs, nourish it as much as you can and celebrate it. You know that you're on the verge of a major pop through and it's awesome. 
And how cool is it that you get to be here right now in this time of great awakening? Because the ancients have prophesied this time for thousands and thousands of years, and we get to be here and live it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, the medicine, Wachuma, the Andes with us. All of what you taught us today, it's so beautiful, and your message for these times, so grateful. Thank you so much. And if there's just, I'm just hearing one thing to share with everybody that is a very, very helpful tool. Choose a mountain. Mm. Just choose. If it can be something near where you live, it might be a mountain on another part of the planet like Everest or Kilimanjaro, Fuji or Shasta. Choose a mountain and connect and call to that spirit of that mountain and ask for whatever it is you need. That mountain is like a pyramid. And so these great beings, they anchor us into the earth and they also help us to stay connected to the cosmic uh, wisdom and support and energy remembering that's coming through us. They can really ground and they all rise from Pachamama. They all arise from the earth. So it's this balance of the masculine and the feminine. The mountain spirits, the apus we call them, are really the key. They will get you through anything and the more you commune with them, the more you talk with them, the more you understand that. And it's very sweet. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much, Michaela. So beautiful speaking with you. It's really, really enjoyed it. Thanks to everybody that's listening or watching. I hope there was something there for you to receive. And I'll put all the ways that audience can find you for the programs that you have in the show notes, your different retreats and your different offerings. Awesome. That would be amazing. Could I offer you and your listeners before we go a blessing with the black tobacco with the mapacha? Of course. Nothing to do but just relax and receive. You can just close your eyes. If you like, you can hold your hands out to the screen. You might smell the mapacha quite possible. This is the black tobacco from the Amazon mixed with some Gantu flowers, which are the sacred flowers of the hummingbird of the Andes to bring in that sweetness and that medicine. Santa Mesa Wilke Mesa Sumach Auki Sacred Auki, Apoasungatia Pusalkintaya, Puaje Wilka, Apoasgaran, Pachamama, Pachamama Nusta. Gracias. Maestro Mapacho, thank you, thank you. Calling you in for our beautiful Michaela and for all of her community to liberate the mind, to open their hearts, to clear all energy that's stagnant, and to release any traumas with absolute grace and beauty and sweetness. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Just allowing any tightness of the mind, any looping thoughts, anything that's been running around in there to be completely liberated and cleared on every level. Opening your intuition, opening your third eye, opening your heart, any heaviness carried in the heart, any emotion, any unprocessed emotion. Opening the heart completely to love and to light. Down to your solar plexus, in the belly, any energies that you may have taken on from outside or any energies that you may have trouble digesting from any processes. 
clearing those now. Moving down to your womb space, down to the root. Any old stories, any old traumas from this lifetime or any others, any ancestral traumas, cleansing and clearing these, calling in the highest frequencies of light, calling on the absolute highest frequencies of light or higher, only the highest frequencies of light or higher to come in right now, to be here right now. Any beings, any energies that aren't of the highest frequency are welcome to be here if they're ready and willing to be transformed. Otherwise, they must leave immediately, calling in the highest frequencies of love, the highest frequencies of light to imprint into your energetic field now, bringing a totally crystalline field. healing any imprints from this lifetime or any others. Pulling in absolute protection. And now just taking your hands and placing them onto your head. For you, Michaela, and for all your community, we're going to do a little soul retrieval now, calling ourselves back, calling ourselves back, calling ourselves back. Whenever there's been any trauma, Big or small, in this lifetime or any others, traumas that we know about, traumas that we don't. Perhaps we've even been in medicine spaces where we've left part of ourselves there. We're going to call ourselves back and we're going to say the word together. Humpwe, H-U-M-P-W-E, that's phonetic. Humpwe and your name three times. The first two times you're going to say it as loud as you can. And the second time will be a whisper just for you. One, two, three. Humpwe. Humpwe. And your name? Michaela. Michaela. Michaela? Humpwe. Michaela. Humpwe. Humpwe. Holding, keeping your hands on your head for a minute. Okay, humpwe kutimpwe. Humpwe. Gracias, Maestro, returning all soul parts and pieces to Michaela and to all of our beautiful participants. Gracias, gracias from all time, space and dimension. Gracias, gracias, Maestro. Taking one hand, placing it on your heart, taking the other hand, placing it on your belly. Acknowledging your inner child, making a promise to your inner child that you will listen to whatever he or she needs, give them all of the love, the validation, the acceptance that they're looking for only from you, letting them know that they are safe and loved. Thank you, thank you, thank you to all of our sacred guardians. All of our sacred guardians. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness, that was so incredibly powerful. Thank you for that incredible healing on so many levels. And just remember, if anyone is ever feeling out of their body or out of sorts or feeling like you're not grounded, you can use that word humpwe or you can simply say, I am. Humpwe. I am, Gemma. Return, my love. Return, my sweetheart. Come home. Come home. Because whenever we move through these big things, our 
little soul fragments, they go to one or two places. They either go back into the earth, usually back to where you were born, or they hang out in the cosmos somewhere. They're like frightened children and they're waiting to be called home. They're waiting to be told that it's safe. And uh, we can't be in our fullest essence and in our fullest service, our fullest brightness, joy, vitality, power, if we're not complete. They're only tiny parts, but they're important parts. Thank you so incredibly much. Whew, just the sound, because I have these in my ears too. Your voice was just so powerful through the prayer. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed today's show and want to help build a more beautiful, conscious, and loving world, please share this content with friends, family, and colleagues. You can follow this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. And I'd really appreciate you taking the time to write a review so that others can find these amazing conversations. And if you'd like to see a video version of the show, you can find me on YouTube. Feel free to reach out and connect with me at thepsychedelicmom.com or message me on Instagram at thepsychedelicmom. And remember, you are the medicine. <laughs>